Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Susan Wingate, and this is Dialogue. And we are so happy to have on the show today um, one of uh, the Pacific Northwest's finest authors, um, uh, Jane Eisenberg, who will join me in just a few minutes. I just want to, though, do a shout-out to all of my readers of The Deer Effect. You keep pushing that up into the bestseller bracket on Amazon, and I am thrilled. It's been hanging around um, four and five and six uh, for the uh, for the audio book, and the uh, uh, Kindle version is at just over uh, the ten spot. It's been it's been fluctuating up and down. So thank you so much for buying my books and reading my books and listening to the audio book. And why wouldn't you listen to that audio book, Felicia? Caldera is the voice artist, and she's fabulous. She's an incredible talent, and I was just fortunate to have her um, do the uh, the the voiceover work for uh, the Deer Effect audio version. So thank you all for that. Um, and and as many of you know, I have a how to write book coming out, and that's going to be fun. That's called Muscle Up the Gut of Your Story: How to Write the Novel. It's based on a workshop that I've been teaching for over ten years now, and it's basically that workshop. And instead of me going out all the time and doing the workshop, now I have the actual paperback, which will be out in June, and I'll let everybody know about that as well. But I want to get back to the show at hand today um, with my guest author, Jane Eisenberg, who writes some really interesting and fun stories. Jane's professional writing career began in 1994 with the publication of her award-winning Going by the Book. It's a memoir about teaching high school English in New Haven, Connecticut in the 60s. And in 1999, she gave readers the M Word, the first mystery in the Bell Barrett mystery series, which chronicles the sleuthing of a menopausal community college English professor. They're they're fun, they're exciting, they're different and just... uh, edge of your seat so um buy her books but her award-winning historical mystery the bones in the book published in 2012 is set in seattle's jewish community during the gold rush and in 1965 um well upheavals haven't they all have inspired her jane began researching uh her new setting which um she uh learned and formed in a story in her head that became the bones in the book a historical like i said mystery set in Seattle's tiny Jewish community during the gold rush. And not surprisingly, outsiders and insiders populate this novel written by a transplant, she calls herself, from from uh, New Haven to Seattle. It was published, like uh, we said, in 2012 by Oconee Spirit Press and won a Willa Award in the category of original softcover fiction from women writing the West. So please help me um, welcome Jane Eisenberg, thank you. You're on the air. Hi, Susan. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, I'm just thrilled. We had um, originally, about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, scheduled a a different interview, but um, things kind of crumbled in my area. But Pam Stack, my producer at the time, interviewed you, I believe, and uh, and she's wonderful, and I and I know that everything went well with that. But I'm just so happy to hear your voice again and and be able to um, talk. Likewise, with you today. and send my uh, my best to Pam. Yes, she's wonderful. 
so you you have some new workout and uh, you're working on something. We had a little pro, pre-show chat, and let's just get right into it. Um, let's talk about your men, your Bell, Bell Barrett Mystery Series. Okay, my Bell Barrett Mystery Series is set set in uh, Jersey City and Hoboken, New Jersey, where I was living at the time. And it's been quite successful. Uh, People are still buying those books. It's now mostly available as a Kindle or Nook book, an e-book. But I enjoyed writing those books, and and they came out of my own life. Um, I used to deny that because I didn't think it was true because Belle was so brave and and she was such a good driver, and I kind of made her into almost an alter ego. But really, she had the same job I had. She lived in the same town I lived in. She worked where I worked. And the college she worked in was very much like my own, and a lot of my inspiration came from my own work experience and certainly my own menopausal experience because she was one of the, if not the first, menopausal protagonist uh, of a mystery, uh, and it was very hard to get her published as such. A, a lot of uh, agents and editors rejected the book and, uh, very harshly, and they wouldn't have anything. And this is in 1993 when that book first came out, when that series began. Uh, no, excuse me, 19, well, yeah, 1995, let's say, and the first book actually came out in 98 because it took so long to get it published because menopause was still kind of a secret by then. So there you go. It was, it, it was very much out of my own heart and my spirit and my everyday life. And isn't menopause a ride through hell and back? <laughs> <laughs> it certainly was. Uh, and it, it continues to be that way, but it, now it's one, it's a ride that you can talk about and laugh about and cry about and share and so forth. Whereas uh, back then, it was like many, uh, many women's experiences, it was a secret burden that you were supposed to somehow or other muddle your way through and, and not share and not discuss. And I think yeah. it's a lot better for people now that they can talk about it and there are treatments and help and so forth, moral support, if nothing else. Yeah, moral support. Well, you know, it used to be that women were going through this time and were sent to asylums. They were con- considered they'd gone crazy and were put in asylums many times. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Um, but. Uh, that was part of the there were I did a lot of debunking, and that was one I wanted to show Bell as very competent at what she did and then also very competent at solving mysteries and I wanted to kind of debunk the idea of the menopausal woman as a useless, crazy fossil who uh was since she could no longer bear children, had no real purpose in the world except to be annoying that yeah. really pissed me off, excuse me, but bothered me. And uh, so I wanted to make her stand out and fight that stereotype. Well, I love that you fight that stereotype, and you do it so well with Belle Barrett. And she's more real, I think, than the, the myth. The myth of being um, just oh well, that's very kind of you. Um, uh, She she is she is real in that she comes from me, and I was pretty real back then. (laughs) Sometimes these days, I'm not so sure, but then (laughs) I was. 
you know, she, her her uh, response to the situations she finds herself in, and her need for her friends, her need for a support group of of good friends who were fun and yet uh, there when you needed them, and smart women who were also not any longer in their twenties, but or thirties, but who had uh, adult children and and all of the uh, the turmoil that also goes with that, that multi-generational thing. Right. Well, you know, uh, I, I, from my own experience, I found that it was like taking a mega dose of steroids being menopausal um, because you just feel like you are the ruler of the world <laughs> and you are strong. All of a sudden you've got this strength that you wouldn't have had. Um, of course, this is all hormonal changes, but... Um, all of these strengths and this wit, it's sharp, it's, it, it's acute. You do not mess around and nothing is a joke. <laughs> I just, I loved it because I, all of a sudden I felt this strength that I would have pushed down maybe perhaps in my younger years that maybe wouldn't have been quite as acceptable because it was, oh, maybe considered, you know, a little outrageous and, and, uh, too strong for a woman, right. but now, but but through it, going through it, no, it's quite it's quite freeing. It's your birthright, and you, we finally grow into it. Yeah, I tried to make Belle as real and as strong as possible, and still keep her funny. And I also uh, gave her a marital history, which I'm sure many people can identify with where, you know, you get it wrong with the first husband and then you finally get it right with the second husband, but it's not, it's not all peaches and cream, uh, either. So, so she, she also, she, she covers a lot of ground in the course of the series, uh, in her personal life, as well as in her mystery solving life. So, so let's talk about what, what, you went to the the, the uh, gold rush story is really incredible. The bones in the book. Um, uh, did I say it right? The bones yeah, in the book. Yeah, uh, right? the bones in the book. Yes. Yeah. That and is a I, complete departure for me. Uh, it is. Suddenly, uh, because again, uh, it 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 does not come as directly from my own life, except that I was uprooted from New Jersey. And I wanted to stay rooted with myself. I didn't want that move to be totally traumatic, which it kind of was. And so I began to try to connect with my Jewish roots. Uh, I figured I need some roots out here. It was very strange to me to be out here um, without my friends and my neighbors. I was a city girl. Now I'm in my first suburb. And it it was so I think I wrote about an outsider, uh, as you said before, the book has to do with outsiders and in- insiders, because I was an outsider when I moved here, uh, and um, I, 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 uh, when I moved here to Issaquah, Washington, I mean, that, that was just the other ends of the earth, and even though I had my daughter and her family here, I was still felt very much an outsider, and so this book came out of that took me five years to write. It's completely different. It's not particularly funny. It's very sad. People who like it really like the um, the sadness, I guess, and the characters. There are two women involved, 
and it hits uh, the 1960s. And that was those were other roots I had, and it was kind of exciting to re-explore the 60s. And then it also hits the gold rush period in Seattle, which I knew nothing about. And once I learned all this, the research I needed to in order to write that book, my own personal life improved because it enabled me to put down. I, I've met a lot of people in the course of doing that research, and I put down some tentative little roots here in the Pacific Northwest. So that was a very rewarding writing experience. And the the Willa was a, a wonderful, encouraging, supportive award, and especially because the judges of the Willa Award are all librarians. And they are, you know, they've been our writers, cheerleaders forever, and it was a great honor to have them recognize that book um, as as they did. So that was just special for me, important. Well, and, and of course, it, the Willa Award honors Willa Cather, who uh, was an incredible author. And yeah. um, so it's an honor just to be sitting beside her name, um, too. And that is an incredible award, and all the kudos to you on that, because that's huge. Uh- it was a very exciting for me. I, I it was one of those things where the phone rang and I picked it up and there was this woman telling me that I had won this award and I was just swept away as if I were a, a starting out writer uh, of 22. It was just wonderful for me. Oh, I bet it was. I can't even imagine that's wonderful news. And so now... Um, you're working on something. We talked a little bit about it during the pre-show chat, and uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that or if you want to talk about I your latest. Talk book. about it a little bit. Um, yeah. I I got uh, these two ideas. Are this book will be completely different from the other two, although it is still a mystery. The bones in the book is a mystery, as were the Bell Barrett books, but and this one is very much a mystery also. But it is a very different kind of mystery, and um, the idea for the story came out of the headlines of the Seattle Times, which I read as often as I can, and it, it, uh, it was about a young woman who was involved in, experience, in an experience through no fault of her own as a, a, a middle schooler, really. That tainted her whole life and changed her whole life forever. Uh, and she um, has to deal with the results of that. And they're very complicated and difficult. So it has a very dark premise. The other idea that is that the other idea also came from a different newspaper. This this book is not nearly as filled with Jewish history and lore, but it does have a um, a Jewish connection, if you will. Uh, the Yakima Valley, I don't know, have you ever been there, Susan? Yes, I have. Okay, so you will know at least, you and I will know what we're talking about. Um, yeah. The Yakima Valley uh, has, grows lots of, they call it the Fruit Bowl of Washington, and the. Uh, it's certainly, it's like, almost like in some ways one big orchard. And yeah. they grow everything from apples to asparagus and it's uh they also grow grapes and they grow uh, most many of the uh, juice grapes and those juice grapes are the the ones 
that have the kosher seal on them because they are used for uh, they they're used for uh, blessing the wine that they're given to the, the children. Jewish children drink grape juice instead at that moment, so they needed kosher wine. And so, when kosher food started to become popular with the general public, including uh, Muslims, and Jews, and Christians, and foodies, and health nuts, and all sorts of people, uh, they decided to make the um, the grapes, you know, kosher. They had to kosher these grapes, and there's a very arcane, complicated process for this. And by George, they send twelve rabbinical students from New York every year uh, to the Yakima Valley to live for the entire grape harvest, which is about six weeks, juice grape harvest. And there they are in this valley where there is the second largest Indian reservation in the country, and there is there are many, many evangelical Christians, many, many, many Mexicans, and even some Filipinos and some uh, other Asian people. It is a melting pot. So I'm calling the book Murder in the Melting Pot. And I've got this this group of Jews who stand out there like, um, I don't know, like 12 Jews in a, <laughs> on an Indian reservation in a uh, place where there aren't any other Jews, really, or very and few. They're Orthodox, right? Orthodox very orthodox and they're going to be orthodox rabbis they come from a yeshiva in new york that's a school for orthodox rabbis and they there they are uh so it the combination of these two things the girl who needs to start a new life really and the uh this this valley with these strange um with it, with all these different kinds of people, you're bound to have some conflict when you have lots of different people coming together. It's a melting pot that's not a city for the first time. Uh, lots of times in books, a melting pot, oh, people think of New York or Brooklyn right. or um, L.A. or San Francisco but uh, or even Seattle these days, but they don't think of a rural place full of orchards and farms and so that's what I'm playing with, and I'm having a great time. It's a wonderful a kind of a, a moving story of, of redemption, basically, how this girl turns her life around in the melting pot um, and, and kind of re- rebuilds her life uh, in this strange place. Well, so. It sounds incredibly interesting, um, and... and uh, there must have been a ton of research for this book. Um, there has been. I made two trips to the Yakima Valley, which is just gorgeous in many parts of it, and interviewed a number of people there, uh, various backgrounds, different backgrounds, and went to a number of beautiful scenery places. And I did, even though I don't uh, drink anymore, I did stop by a few wineries just to pretend I did and see how lovely they were. There have got lots of new ones there. And I, I just um, enjoyed that. And I did a lot of book research, and I didn't know anything about the whole koshering experience before this. And one, and the rabbi who actually supervises these folks who do this koshering, these 12 guys, uh, was very kind and 
helped me a lot, gave me a video, allowed me to interview him, talked to me on the phone, and actually delivered the video to my home in Issaquah. So I did, yeah, I did a lot of research, and I had a real good time doing it. Oh, it sounds like it was a fabulous experience. It's helping me. It's my part of my project for, you know, now I've I put down some roots in, in the Seattle area, and now I'm working on moving my way east, I think. <laughs> to Back east. Just becoming more familiar with different parts of the state. And it's, it's fun. It's, inter- it's a fabulously interesting state. Yeah. Yeah, it's very diverse. I mean, each of the areas are very different from one another. I can't remember how many different um, weather zones there are, but just the, the, uh, the landscape changes so dramatically from the west to the east coast. Yes. It becomes, it's so lush and rainforest at, at the Olympics, then it goes to almost desert in the, the Tri-Cities yes. area, and some of Yakima is like that. Um, yes. It's very different, and then of course Bellingham is just rainy, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so the northern yeah. It's part. very. Uh, I mean, the the people are diverse. The weather is unpredictable and diverse, and and it, it's just and the the occupations that uh, arise from all of that. I mean, you you have a tremendous contrast in the techies and the uh, the sort of image that's the business emphasis of Seattle. I think Seattle has is just home to so many corporations, and even here in Issaquah, we have two or three major corporations that are have their home base here. Um, and then you go west, and you find all this agriculture, and uh, and um, it, it's just different. And then you get to the I don't mean farther west; I mean farther east. And then you get to the far east, where you have the Hanover remains which are being made into a national park and it's just fascinating and of course there are you island folks who have a whole other culture it's it's void of cultures (laughs) it's wonderfully inspired i can see why there are so many writers here because there really is a lot to inspire one it's the move turned out to be extremely inspirational for me that that part of me that is a writer and that part of me that is a grandma yeah yeah it's a beautiful state and it 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 is inspiring um all around i think washington just because it is so diverse in in like we said in landscape and climate and people and it's just a beautiful place but i want everybody to know that you can find jane eisenberg her last name is spelled i s e n in B E R G I S E N B E R G Eisenberg, just like it sounds. Jane Eisenberg dot com. You can find her there, and you can find her on Facebook. You can find her in every bookstore across the country, and you can find her in all major online book distributors as well, like Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and and all of those great um, Books America, um, all of those. So um, please check out Jane's uh, uh, books. Um, also, you have a couple of books right now that are um that like the m word which is also that's a, a bell barrett right a bell barrett yes. death in the hot flash is a bell barrett mystery so you've got those yes. two books out just recently which one is the the later one they're not really recent the m word is the first book in the bell barrett mystery series and they are out in uh they've been out in ebook form for some time 
but um, they're really not the 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 Bell Barrett mystery series is uh, really. I guess I wrote and published the last one of that of those books in 2005. So and then the um, or maybe 2007, and then Bones in the Book is the most recent book I have out. That's 2012. Yes. Yes. And you're coming out. And with I've been working too. hard since then, but uh, I uh, I'm getting the 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 older and more experienced I get, the fussier I get, and so I've been revising and revising this uh, this manuscript, and I'm working my way toward uh, sending it out. Oh, good. We well, we're all waiting with bated breath to get your latest book too. But these um, are great mm-hmm. Bell Barrett mystery stories are just not only interesting and like I said page turners edge of your seat but they're also wry and downright funny sometimes um well thank thank you you you're welcome thank you for being on the show I appreciate it and uh, I hope you come back soon sometime well thank you very much Susan and it as usual it was delightful to talk to you and I'd be happy to join you again Oh, thank you very much. I can't wait. You take care. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. So, everybody, that was Jane Eisenberg. Again, her last name is spelled I-S-E-N-B-E-R-G, and you can find her at janeisenberg.com, and again, on Facebook, and you can find her at all bookstores, um, brick and mortar and online. So just check out her books. They're so much fun. Um, and check out her website, too. She's got a ton of books um, that are available. I think she's got 12 books or so on her uh, website. And um, and if you want a great read, read Jane Eisenberg. And again, I'm Susan Wingate. You can find me at susanwingate.com on Facebook and Twitter and all those social places. And you can find me on Amazon exclusively now. And um, take care. We're coming back next week, Tuesday at 10, live on Dialogue. Bye-bye.